0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me your host Alex Murray. So you may have noticed we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, I had intended to do one. The team were away on an engineering sprint with all the other engineering teams at Canonical and I had brought my gear with me and I had intended to do one but uh, yeah we were that busy for the week that unfortunately I was not able to, to get one out. So this episode, I'm going to cover uh, basically the updates and news for the last couple of weeks, and with any luck, I'll make sure we don't miss any weeks in the future. So, uh, yeah, we've got 43 unique CVEs that we've addressed uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about uh, the recently announced extended security maintenance program for Ubuntu 14.04 Trusty Tar. Okay, so let's get into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the kernel package update. So we've addressed a couple different CVEs in this uh, regular update for the kernel package. So uh, the kernel team releases regular updates for the kernel across our supported releases that roll in both bug fixes and security updates, and the security team helps contribute to those as well. So in this case, we've got a couple different uh, information disclosure vulnerabilities that were fixed. Now, from a general point of view, an information disclosure uh, can be seen as a bit of a low priority issue. But in this case, it's something that we treat uh, with a higher priority, basically because what we're looking at here is an information disclosure of kernel pointer values. So when the kernel allocates memory for an object, Uh, then it will have a pointer to that. And in this case, you might be able to leak the value of that pointer, essentially where that object is located in memory, back to user space. As I say, this in itself isn't necessarily a problem because kernel memory and user memory are segmented and a user process can't directly touch kernel memory. But if you can combine that with, say, another vulnerability, you might be able to, say, perhaps cause the kernel to overwrite those values. Uh, The other thing that is... uh, interesting is that the kernel is built with address space layout randomization, which means that the location of various objects in memory is randomized. Uh, but once you're able to leak the, the locations of a number of different objects uh, from a user space point of view, you're able to then determine where other objects might be. And so essentially an information disclosure in this case is able to maybe break the address space layout randomization which is a, another hardening feature that's added to the kernel so definitely something that we take uh, pretty seriously so both of those have been fixed we've also got as an update for uh, the kernel package in precise esm and this is fixing the segment smack vulnerability that we talked about in episode zero so uh, yeah make sure if you're running precise esm that you've updated to that our livepatch team have also released an update to the kernel that rolls in a bunch of fixes for vulnerabilities that were fixed in the standard kernel package recently. So if you're a livepatch user, you definitely will get that automatically and you won't even need to do anything, which is great. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, some vulnerabilities in Z shell, the interactive shell. Uh, in particular, uh, there were a couple issues in handling of the shebang or the hashbang uh, directive in the, in the script. So, if you're familiar with scripts, they often start with a hash, then an exclamation mark, and then the path to the interpreter to run. And because a hash is usually a comment, uh, that marker in most shell languages, that works fine. The problem was that um, Z shell had a few issues with handling of that value. In particular, if the value was longer than sixty-four bytes, it would truncate it. And so, if you had the path to your, uh, your interpreter specified as something really, really long uh, that was longer than 64 bytes, then it would only use the first 64. And so you can imagine that if you had two different executables then, uh, it may execute the wrong one because it would pick the wrong file name because it would truncate it. The other one was uh, that depending on how it was formatted, it may actually pick the name that was listed on the second line of the f- file, even though it should really only take whatever is after that uh, hash, exclama- hash exclamation mark that's on the first line. And so it could actually execute the entirely wrong interpreter as well. Uh, So both of those are an issue. And the other thing, there was a stack-based buffer overflow, the usual kind of things we see in C applications, where it could actually execute uh, scripts uh, in the context of another user. So yeah, a couple of things there that you'd want to update for. We've got also uh, an update for OpenJDK 10. So that's essentially just the latest uh, update for Uh, OpenJDK 10 that rolls in a number of different um, fixes. We've also had uh, an update for Firefox now this was fixed uh, a couple weeks ago when we updated to the latest version of Firefox upstream however there were a few issues there Uh, in particular um, upstream had some problems with the handling of language packs and then the way that uh, Ubuntu tries to bundle in our own language packs uh, cause a number of different issues. So we've released a second update to Firefox to fix those. So basically what would happen there is that if you were running uh, with a different language rather than English, uh, your language packs wouldn't actually get used. You would actually wouldn't get your native uh, spell checking happening in your language. And it would also end up using the wrong search provider. So if you weren't using, say, Google uh, as the upstream search provider and you changed it, it unfortunately wouldn't respect that. But, so that's been fixed and we've released updates for that. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, a vulnerability in curl. So this was fixed for trusty, Xenial, bionic, and for precise ESM. And this was actually quite similar to one that was fixed last year in 2017. And so basically what we've got here is there was an integer overflow in calculations that used the provided password when you were doing NTLM authentication. And so, if the, uh, the attacker who was, you're communicating with could send a really long password value, Uh, they could then cause, when it does that multiplication with that length of the password, an integer overflow. And so then instead of allocating, say, a buffer for your really, really long password, it would allocate a buffer that was really, really tiny. And then it would go and say, try to write in that value into what is now a really tiny buffer instead of a really long buffer. And then we would end up overriding other values on the heap in this case. And so you would get a heap buffer overflow and this could then be used to do things like uh, remote code execution because you could place essentially arbitrary contents into other values in the heap that then might get used for code execution later. Uh, We've also got uh, an update for ClamAV, the virus checking application, and we've got a usual update there for php as well so uh, we've updated php for a number of different vulnerabilities in particular these were integer overflow vulnerabilities in both the jpeg and the Xif handlers so if you've got a php application deployed that is doing image processing this is certainly something you want to update for Uh, both of these could end up in kind of -of out-of-bound reads so so PHP would allocate a buffer, and then it would go to try to read from that, but it would read past the end of the buffer, and that could then usually cause a um, segmentation violation from the kernel, and PHP gets killed. So you definitely want to update for that, because otherwise it might be a remote denial of service. The other one is if you're using the PHP FPM extension, which is the uh, Fast CGI process manager. So this is an alternative Fast CGI implementation for php and when this was um, trying to restart child processes it wouldn't do it correctly and it could end up in essentially an infinite loop of trying to restart a process and so you would get a high level of cpu usage because of that infinite loop and then you would get say a large amount of disk space taken up as well from all the logging and so that's a bit of an old vulnerability from 2015 that we've now fixed uh, in in bionic as well uh, we've addressed a couple of different vulnerabilities in glib, so the Gnome upstream library for uh, file handling and uh, all, all, essentially all kinds of like low-level routines. Um, both of these were to do with parsing of markups, so uh, their XML markup parser uh, had a number of different issues that have now been fixed that um, yeah, could have resulted in things like denial of service and crash. Okay, um, that takes me to GhostScript. So... This is a pretty big update, uh, 16 CVEs that we've fixed for Trusty, Xenial, and Bionic. So GoScript is the uh, PostScript and PDF and other sorts of file format interpreter. And uh, it's a bit of an important one, this one, because um, PostScript itself is Turing complete. So from an attacker point of view, you can uh, essentially cause um, all kinds of code execution as a result just due to the way that the language is structured. Now, what the GoScript, the GoScript developers have done is they've included a sandboxing feature into GoScript called dash d safer, or you enable it with dash d safer. Uh, to try to prevent these sorts of issues. Now, um, Tavis Ormandy from Google, who we've mentioned on previous episodes, uh, kind of a heavy hitter in the InfoSec world, uh, previously he had looked at Ghostscript and found a lot of different issues. Uh, that was back in 2016, uh, and in particular issues with the sandbox. So basically finding ways that you could escape the sandbox uh, from a specially crafted PostScript file. So he's been at that again, and as I say, we've got 16 different CVEs here that we've fixed. Um, This is a bit of a big one. It's uh, had a bit of uh, media coverage as far as uh, vulnerabilities go, basically due to how widely deployed GoScript is. And uh, these include things like the ability to execute arbitrary code and do, say, enumeration of files on the file system or... Uh, Rights to files on the file system, that kind of thing. So certainly one that uh, is definitely worth updating for and that we've uh, now patched. Uh, we've got an update for Bind, so just a single CVE that uh, was came out recently. Um, in this case, it's around the ability for a remote attacker that might be able to trigger an assertion failure. So the developers will put a bunch of different conditions in the code and they will try to assert as the code runs that um, certain things should always be the case or maybe should never be the case and that's um, well and good until you have a condition where actually um, an attacker is able to make it so that one of those things you thought should never be the case actually is the case and the way that assertions are handled usually is that your process gets killed so essentially in this case you've got a remote denial of service um, vulnerability if that assertion is able to be triggered which it was in this case. Now uh, this is in a feature deny answer aliases, which isn't turned on by default, but if you are running bind with this feature turned on, uh, you'll definitely want to make sure you've updated here. Now the last uh, vulnerabilities that I want to look at is in the little CMS package. So little CMS is a package for handling uh, color management profiles. So essentially, um, say an image might have a color profile embedded in it, and then when the Uh, the image gets interpreted the color profile then gets uh, applied on top of that so that it changes maybe slightly how that uh, displays on on your device because your device will also have a color profile and so the way the two interact then make sure say that the green that gets displayed on your monitor is the correct green or the correct shade of green that was actually used when the image was created now uh, I guess like a lot of formats, um, and for code that's written in C, if you don't do it carefully, you can end up with a bunch of different problems. In this case, uh, there's a, an integer overflow that could lead to uh, stack or heap buffer overflows in different places. So essentially the usual kinds of things that uh, we've actually even talked about earlier in this episode. So if, uh, if an image file has a color profile embedded in it, with the specially formed, um, a specially formed one, you could cause then uh, an arbitrary write and potentially code execution or at least denial of service as a result. Okay, so that kind of uh, wraps up the summary of recent security updates, uh, looking at some wider things within the community. So we've announced uh, Ubuntu 14.04, which is trusty TAR, will be getting extended security maintenance. So currently we offer extended security maintenance for Precise, which is Ubuntu 1204 released back in 2012. And uh, that's done by the team. We essentially release updates for a select um, special group of packages that are from the main repository and that we continue to maintain security fixes for beyond the official end of life of, uh, of Precise and so now what we're going to be doing is also rolling out the same feature for trusty so if you're a user of uh trusty ubuntu 14.04 and you intend to want to keep using it beyond the end of life for that which is in april next year uh, then you'll definitely want to look at uh, becoming an ubuntu advantage customer and subscribing to that so i've got a link in the show notes with a little bit more details but um yeah basically what will happen is that the Team, we'll look at defining the set of supported packages in the, the near term as to what that will be for trustee and then we'll continue to maintain those beyond the end of life of that and that set of packages is usually based on what are the most frequently used packages uh, particularly for server deployments and that kind of thing so yeah check that out if you are a Trusty customer that's unable to easily upgrade your trustee installations. Obviously the best course of action is if you can update your trustee to uh, Xenial or Bionic but if not then yeah definitely make sure you check out the extended security maintenance uh, program. Okay so uh, a couple more things Uh, we're still hiring we've got open positions for an Ubuntu security manager so if you want to come and manage our team of excellent security engineers and help contribute to the uh, security of your favorite operating system please make sure you check that out We've also got an open position for another security engineer as well. So if you want to come and uh, actually do package updates and um, yeah, make sure that Ubuntu is secure as it can be, please make sure you apply. All right, so that kind of takes us to the end of the episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact, uh, you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com or you can find us in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network or uh, you can even get us on Twitter at ubuntu underscore sec. So, until next time, remember, remain calm and enable automated upgrades, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.